Hey everyone, welcome to More Than Meets These Guys. We are continuing our delve into UK Comics premiere story, Man of Iron, part two this week. Yay. Yeah, and, and of course there's Machine Man and some Matt and the Cat, which actually got more cohesive this week, oddly enough. But uh, anyway, more panels. Yeah, yeah, and it actually, yeah, things happened actually in it. So uh, yeah, let's get this thing started, man. Uh, first of all, Cover's great. Line art is great again. We have yeah, more John Ridgeway. Yep. It's so good. So good. Oh, yeah. So we open to an editor's letter, man. Uh, it, you're, they're talking about how great this, uh, they're happy to have the story. And immediately he goes into, by the way, don't get in a stranger's cars. <laughs> and I had to stop and go, man, what's going on in the story? And I had, like I said, I have not read this story in God knows how long, probably decades. So I completely forgot this the story because it really didn't have a, a like long last impact on the rest of the uh, rest of the mythos. Yeah. So you know, foreshadowing. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was interesting. And also, there's a there's a letter from this this kid who's like, "Hey, you have like too many characters. Um, you know, you need to slow down. There's just too much stuff going on." And also, he had a really kind of cool theory about the uh, dinosaurs dying off. Like, you know, he, he said, well, hey, how about the, when the ark struck Earth, it kicked up a cloud of dust and killed the dinosaurs? I'm like, you know what? Not a terrible um, way to look at it. Nice revision. Oh, yeah. That was Dale Henry Mullins. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And here's the thing is I was really impressed by that because the whole idea of dinosaurs being killed by a uh, cosmic impact was not well known at that point. That was still, yeah, it was still pretty new at this point. Yeah, it was very new. Uh, in fact, I, I got a little bit of information on that. Please do. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Well, the, this kid, you know, he's really up on his dinosaur extinction hypothesis because the iridium layer that the KPG boundary uh -huh. had only recently been discovered like a few years before this. And they were still gathering evidence that, you know, it was caused by some kind of asteroid impact. Okay. So, and the Chicxulub Crater's discovery had only been announced a couple of years before this issue was published at a conference that very few scientists attended. Because it turned out there was like two different scientific conferences at the same time. And like uh -huh. almost everybody went to the other one. What was the other one? Do you know? <laughs> oh, uh I forgot. I, I saw it when I was reading, but we're, I just kind of glossed over We're going to take blood out of gasoline, and maybe we'll, we won't kill each other as much. Well, what was funny is the guys who were presenting about the iridium layer were yeah. at the other one that everybody was at, and the guy who discovered the crater were at the yeah. one that, you know, nobody went to. So nice. if they'd gotten together, you know, they could have really, like, gotten, you know, this down pat, but that's where there's like some drama caused by this. Oh God, please. Yeah, let's hear the scientist drama. drama. Yeah. Oh boy. So, okay. The crater itself though, uh, even though this was like, I want to say 1980, 81, huh? when they did this announcement, it had actually been discovered in the 1960s, but the huh. Pemex oil company with the geologists who discovered it worked for, I did not allow them to discuss it publicly because it was proprietary geologic data for, you know, their drilling operations and company policy wouldn't let them like give that data out to the public. So they'd known there was a crater there since the sixties. 20 and, years. Yeah. So <laughs> the, uh, I guess the 
oil company was really pushing it. Oh, no, this is volcanic. It's, you know, it's not an impact. You know, the geologists and geophysicists that worked there were really like, no, this has all the signs of being an impact crater. And the oil company argued with them about it. And finally, they were able to push through. uh, One of the scientists, uh, Glenn Penfield, Mm -hmm. really pushed and got them to let them release the information. Okay. So (laughs) the academia itself basically Mm -hmm. just ignored or dismissed his findings. Like because but, what they had found from the iridium layer, uh-huh. their interpretations are saying that whatever hit hit in open water. So a peninsula was out of the question. And they were nearby, they were searching the Caribbean. So I guess they were looking at thicknesses of the layers that went around the earth. And it yeah. was leading them to, you know, North America, you know, somewhere around there. But you know, and he even contacted the guys who had discovered the iridium layer and were working on that. And they never returned any of his calls or his emails <laughs> or letters or anything. They just blew him off entirely. Left him on a red. Right. So, yeah, uh, he kept working, gathering information. Pemex had apparently lost the cores that they originally Ooh. took from the crater. Wow. Well, he located some of them that were actually in Louisiana. Nice. So, and they were able to gather other information to prove that, you know, yes, this is an impact crater. And I want to say it was like 91 when they finally were able to present fully that they've proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is an impact crater. And they named it Chicxulub after a nearby town. But it also, was, well, it was right there in the Yucatan, right? Essentially. Right. Yeah. It yeah. hit the Yucatan Peninsula. And, yeah. you know, some of it was, you know, marine, yeah. but about, I'd say about a quarter of it was, you know, terrestrial. Mm-hmm. So it was on land. But he, they named it Chicxulub because there's a nearby town with that name. But also it was a troll moment that Penfield himself is quoted as saying that they named it that. So it would be challenging to pronounce for academia because they had ignored his team's data. Nice. <laughs> so he gave it like the hardest name they could think of. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, scientist drama. Let's call it uh, Impact Creator Quetzalcoatl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's... So, yeah, uh, so this kid, uh, Dale Mullins, was really... He was up on his dinosaur info. I mean, the, the dating is off since, you know, yeah, the art crashed four million years ago and the dinosaurs, non-avian ones, went extinct, you know, 66 million years before. So, yeah. but, you know... The fact that you know some kid knew that much already about it—that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what he grew up and did. Probably uh, works at a Walmart. I don't know. Um, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they have those in the UK. Uh, um, well, okay. <laughs> so yeah, he lucked out there. <laughs> I hope he had a non-dead end job. Yes, not that <laughs> not that all his jobs are dead ends, but I've been there at one point myself. So. Uh, with the Decepticon fact file this week, this you know, this month, I guess, really is Starscream, which is really well deserved at this point. Kind of weirdly put Ravage before Starscream, but whatever. Um, yeah. he's here finally. Your favorite, and, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, there was uh, kind of cool stuff about this, like, um, you know, mission was it Mission to Micro World book? They're you know, advertising in the uh, letters column, also. Mm-hmm. 
But a really cool thing in the next page, though, uh, there's a guy from Hasbro. What was his name? Anthony Temple. Anthony Temple. Yeah, he's over there engaging with the fans saying, hey, by the way, guess what? Real soon we're going to actually have new characters coming out, new toys coming out for you guys. He works for the uh, the Boys Toys um, section of uh, Hasbro. Right. He wrote in in issue seven also. Yes. Yes, I do remember that. He was the one that said something about Megatron being at, out around Easter, I believe. He was trying to right. know about all that stuff. Yeah, so he's he's like, hey, guys, by the way, new toys are coming out, so get ready to hit up your parents. But uh, it was, it's kind of cool to have Hasbro engaging with the uh, with the comic like this. Oh, yeah, it's funny because, you know, he announced it was like the new mini Autobots or Beachcomber, Sea Spray, Power Glide, Warpath, Perfect. and Cosmos, yeah. and Insecticons were coming out soon. And this is in February. So I'm wondering if, like, these basically season two 1985 characters were going to hit the shelves before megatron did that's kind of well i was wondering the same thing because this is not that long this is the february right or this is at the end yeah. of january beginning of february because they have the february calendar in the book so yeah it's got to be um it's got to be that yeah they came out before megatron megatron came i guess came out around between march and april maybe something like that yeah easter 1985 was in on april 7th you went that far to find out. Okay, cool, man. I'm glad you're here to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's all Google power. Yeah, yeah. Google foo. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you're trying to prepare dinner and, uh, you know, wrap presents and stuff and uh, like reached out because uh, Ed is uh, recovering from the uh, the vid. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I hit up uh, Boo here like, hey, man, you want to record something tonight? It's Christmas Eve, by the way, everyone. Yes. Uh, so I, I pulled Abu away from his important duties in his uh, household. Duty. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, we uh, let's get into the issue real quick. This is a weird issue. It's like I said once again, it's beautifully drawn, beautifully shaded. It's the line art is so good. I mean, Sammy is having a fever dream. Oh yeah, he he's having some real issues. He's gonna need therapy one day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, the weird thing about this is I couldn't tell if he was asleep through some of this or he was actually awake and dreaming. Like, or I don't know what was going on because it was seemed very. It could be either. I've had nights like that. Yeah, often. <laughs> <laughs> so he like he's Sammy's like, a drinker. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, Sammy's hitting that uh, the robot test a little late. Um, he uh, begins and um. Uh, he starts, I guess, he. I get, it looks like he's awake. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. He walks out of his window onto his roof and sees like a UFO in the distance. And another one close by. And there's like, you know, shooting stars and stuff. It's kind of a cool looking uh, setup in there. And then he looks down to the garden and there's a seeker. Yeah. Just, just down there. Like it belongs. And, or something. Yeah. He's uh, marked like Thundercracker in the black and white he's got thundercracker stickers basically the triangles yeah. on the intakes mm-hmm. and then i i had to just see how yamtov handled it and yamtov covered colored him like skywarp because it's yamtov yeah and then if you go to the collected comics which was colored by a uk artist when they basically made like the trade paperbacks for, yeah like man of iron and this was also used in idw they colored him correctly as thundercracker it's almost so. like Yamtov wasn't really uh wasn't sure who the who is what. And they just mm-hmm. like, um, oh, it's a it's a 33, uh, 33% chance to get it right. So I'll just do one of these guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, exactly. and in his defense, 
there's parts where they show the seekers later and we'll get into that where they mix up their stickers on them like sometimes they'll have like half sky warp half thundercracker stickers and yep on the drawing so it can be kind of ambiguous i think there's one scene coming up where all three seekers are there and none of them have starscream stickers <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're, they're this this whole like thing is going on. Um, he's having this weird dream. He's like floating above his bed. He's laying in his bed in a field. He's just this weird, you know, fever dream stuff going on. But dude, they are walking. Oh no, sorry, they Mirage is walking through the village. Sammy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just, you see him creeping around like. Uh, uh, uh. He comes up to Sammy's window. Is Sammy. <laughs> um, I can't tell if Sammy's awake, right? Or if he's having a weird dream and he's reacting to the voice. But there is this really awkward-looking robot sitting outside his window, and no one notices anything. I'm guessing it's like middle of the night, like two a.m. It's like Donnie Darko. It got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, the first thing I thought of when I saw Mirage at the window, like basically tapping on his window. Sammy, I thought of Salem's Lot. Oh my <laughs> God, that's great! At the window, right? <laughs> Let, me window. Let me in. In. <laughs> God, that's a cool scene too. I was a little yeah. But yeah, man, it is just the weirdest thing. Like Mirage is looking in the window. Sammy, tap tap tap. Sammy, <laughs> let me in. How does he know the kid's name? They've been stalking this kid, apparently. They have been stalking him. Uh, I guess Jazz and Mirage are like, dude, we, we're gonna, we're gonna. We're gonna do something with this kid. We we gotta find a way to take control of the situation. I don't know. Uh, you gotta think: is there no one else they could contact? <laughs> and I understand the target audience of the comic is a kid, oh, yeah. and it's always yeah. the the kid going on the adventure and stuff. But I mean, honestly, I mean, in reality, there there's nobody else in this town they could talk to <laughs> besides this kid. <laughs> okay, I'm really confused about the next few panels coming up. Mm-hmm. Does Mirage open the window? Is there like a is there like a a gust of wind that like makes all this stuff go crazy? Or is he having he's a got like stuff? a levitation beam or something? Like he's beaming him out the window and yeah. his bed starts floating. He's like, no, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> it was a weird thing. And he like there's a really cool panel though in this. Um he's he's like um he's like you know telling he's arguing with Mirage saying, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And uh he has this the man of iron, he's like, the man of iron is flying, like the picture. Mm-hmm. But the same panel that happens, you see a toy of uh, jazz in uh, in car mode, tumbling around, right? Which is kind of cool. That's a little, you know, you know, Easter egg in there. Sammy's tidy whities are getting ganked too. No, yeah. Look, look at the top of that page, second panel. His white underwear. Is oh my floating. god, that poor kid. <laughs> Mirage that, is that, still that, in that, dude's drawers. That's. <laughs> There's a lot of red flags. I told you before you started the recording, there's a lot of red flags in this issue. Oh, and here, here's the funny thing is John Ridgway actually based Sammy on one of his sons. So does it, did it, is one of his sons get abducted? I Grace? don't know. Well, he just, <laughs> I guess, used him as the model for it. But yeah, it's yeah. just like, that had to be kind of weird to draw like robots trying to abduct your kid out the window. I know. <laughs> Like they're the only thing of Decepticons we've seen this entire time so far is when they bombed the castle and we had that weird dream and uh, saw the seeker. 
in the garden. Otherwise, man, the Autobots look like they are the um, the perpetrators of all the stuff going on here. It's, yeah, it's they, they seem like trouble. I mean, I don't know if They're, I want my kids hanging out with the Autobots. God, no. Yeah. God, no. This is, uh, uh, this is bad, man. Oh, and speaking yeah. of the, the jazz toy. Yeah. In the stock exchange uh, article. That. Okay. Yeah. This kid wanted to trade, you know, uh, Andrew Carter. He was looking for a jazz in good condition and willing to trade a sideswipe in good condition. And I'm like, these toys have only been out a couple months. You yeah. They <laughs> haven't been out very long at all. Maybe about uh, not even a full year yet. I guarantee you what happened is uh, he, he asked for um, he asked for jazz. And his parents got him sideswiped because they knew like they all look the same to me. And, oh uh, yeah. So he ain't like, oh yeah, I well, love. It. Thanks. What struck me is that to hear him specify the condition like this yeah. early in the game. He's like, no, I want good condition. And yeah, I got five. <laughs> and you know, yeah, kids are hard on toys, but I'm like, yeah. man, like they just arrived. But then again, you know, we see all the time where like adult fans get a brand new toy and just like rough handle it and snap it apart and then try to blame QC on it when they're just not being gentle. Man, okay. Because it's always like the same repeat offenders. Oh, it is. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when we were we were younger and like uh, we, had, we had G1 toys and stuff, what was the the worst perpetrator of, uh, of uh, as a toy goes, of, uh, of breakage? Oh, Mirage, totally. Mirage, yes, which is funny because I didn't have my Mirage break till years later. I actually have mm-hmm. another one to place it. But one of the other terrible perpetrators are the uh, the dots and um, um, not hoods, the uh, windshields. Oh, the windshield, yeah, Jazz and uh, Prowl yeah. and Blue Streak, all the windshield, all of them. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, you we we play those toys a lot. We wouldn't play with them like there was gonna be collectors and we're gonna put them on shelves and stuff. We play with them hard. Oh yeah. But, you know, yes. Nowadays, the figures are mostly completely made of plastic, whatever, different grades of plastic. And they have a lot more little fiddly bits and tabs and stuff that make them fit together better. They tend but, to pop apart, though, before they'll break, too. Yeah. I have yeah. never, I, okay, knock on wood here. I have never had one of my things I've gotten as an adult break like that. Yeah. I don't that- get it. The only one uh, I broke the first day I had it was Hot Rod. I got Target Master Hot Rod in 87. Mm-hmm. And his canopy, when I was trying to turn his canopy, it just okay. snapped right off. Yeah. Which I know how to fix that now. But I yeah. took him back to the store to exchange him. And that was the only one they had. So it was either uh, take a broken Hot Rod home or exchange it for another one. So I ended up with Point Blank. Yeah, not bad, though. I still have that Point Blank. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, now, th- I guess as an adult, the one I've run into that I came close to breaking was uh, Titan's Return, uh, I want to say sl- was it Slug Slinger, because he has these weird tabs on his legs that it isn't oh, apparent yeah. when you mm-hmm. transform, and one of them got a little stress mark on it. Yeah. And Isn't I was able to do a little this? heat treatment on it and fix it, so that was good. But, man, yeah, it scared me. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, so, there's 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 been a few that have like come real close on. Actually, no, I take it back. There's a um, there's a uh, core class. I say core class because of what it is now. A real small version of uh, Starscream. I, I want to say he came out probably like ten years ago. Oh, like the like, Legends. They Legends, called it yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the back wing, one of the back uh, stabilizer fins broke on it, like somewhere in storage. Just only it's the only way. But I mean, honestly, I've been pretty lucky with that stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, and you know, 
I always tried to do on Transformers to transform them first, like to solve the puzzle yeah. without the instructions. And I don't do that anymore. After oh. Slug Slinger, I'm like, nope, we're doing step by step. Yep. Because <laughs> they are very, uh, their their engineering engineering is very, I want to say delicate. Delicate, yeah. Yeah. They've got little things to hold everything in place. Yeah, they're I'll a lot more that, involved. Yeah, the Kingdom of Robin's Prime, actually, um, he I couldn't get his legs apart for a while. They were stuck in there just right on that tab that holds them together. I finally got him apart. I was scared to do it because it was such a small tab. Yeah, his back clip is tricky too, like to get yeah. his uh, spoiler up and everything. Yeah, with his windshield. But it worked out well, so you know. But yeah, yeah I don't get it how people are so hard on their um, on the Transformers now. Like, yeah, we see multiples breaking. Like, mm, maybe you should stick with Tonka. <laughs> <laughs> Never so had this problem with GoBots. <laughs> I was going to say stick to GoBots, man. Not true, actually. My old uh, tank, the uh, little, like, the tiny little like, gun things you said it's put on them, mm-hmm. they were real thin, that plastic. and snap. Oh, yeah, the ones on his feet, right? The ones that plug into his feet? Yeah. Have yeah. all the little, yeah, those are pretty Terrible. great. Tank himself, though, you could, like, knock out a mugger with him. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, you... it, it was like a rock. Yeah, like... if you threw that at somebody, uh, they're going to go to the ER. <laughs> they're going to need some <laughs> stitches. Yeah, they are. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we um, getting back into this, man. Um, yeah, they're Sammy's mom and dad. I think his name is Robert, Roy, Roy, Roy Harker. Yeah, so they don't say in this panel or anything like that. But they're like, they hear the commotion going on, so obviously there's something going on, and they're trying to get in there. Like, Sammy, Sammy, are you okay? And it's like it's locked. The door's locked. They can't get in there. And he's like, I'll, I'll break the door down. So he breaks the door open, and it's like all this stuff's going on. And he's like, well, obviously there's a hurricane coming through here. So he goes and closes the window. It looks out the window and there's Mirage like, walking over the privacy fence in the backyard. Just nonchalantly, just leaving. Like, all right, well, I couldn't take the kid while, uh, while his parents were sleeping. So I guess I'll leave. <laughs> you know what? I just, it occurred to me. In the 2007 movie, you have Sam's parents trying to beat the door down while there's Transformers talking to him through his window. Except I think he, he wanted to talk to them. Well, kind of. Yeah, he wanted to talk to him. He let them there. But yeah, it's like I just had a flash that Sammy and they're beating the door down and all that. And you know, they had the whole Sam's happy time joke. So <laughs> yeah, but I gotta say though, man, I, when it, once again, just like Jazz was last issue, uh, Mirage looks fantastic. He looks oh like, yeah, very accurate and very um well toy accurate with uh, more mobility. Yeah, it's like like I said, I really hope we get toys that are this posable yeah. that look like the originals, like they're doing that Optimus that's coming up. That would be real nice. And did not have a tiny little pin in the waist for Mirage. Right. Make it titanium mad. or something. Seriously, dude. <laughs> I think it's horrible. Oh, so yeah. We we go forward to uh, Roy. He shows up at the uh, at the side of the Sanctum Castle again. And there's the captain. He's like, hey, you know, what's going on over here? Because it's a lot more locked down. Uh, they're uh, he, they use some sonar um, imaging to find out about the other bomb, trying to figure where, where it's at. And he says something is like, "There's, there's actually something down there. It's like the size of what, like a like a like a freight liner or something." Yeah, it's a, a an ocean liner. Ocean liner, yeah. And it's he says it's not a bomb. Whatever they found has been uncovered by the first bomb. Yeah, and it's massive. Yeah, exactly. So they're, you know, and trying to figure this out. And uh, Roy's like, well, you know, what do we do? He's like, well, I don't want this to get out, getting out. So don't tell your family or friends to keep it really on the down low. And he goes, oh, well, that's going to be a problem because my son has already made contact. 
He just sold his kid out. He sold his kid <laughs> out, man. And at that time, we see uh, poor Sammy walking down the sidewalk. Man, he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna go play." And they go play down at, at the park or something for a little while. No, he like, "Oh, look, it's a Porsche. That's pretty cool." And we're like, everyone. I swear to God, everyone who's reading this bu- book be like, "Has no one seen like a has is anyone used to seeing a Porsche like a racing Porsche on the side of the road once again?" Because last right. Year, Last issue, it, he, like Jabs is already there, like um, you know, surveying the uh, the the location where his house. Yeah, stalking Sammy. Yeah, stalking <laughs> Sammy. He, he totally is, but he makes it so much worse. Well, He's you know, not- everyone jokes about the Autobots that have the race car mode. That, oh, that's not much of a disguise. Well, Jazz is using it to his advantage to like lure little kids to. <laughs> It's like candy, man. Um, there's, there's like, hey, hey, you want to come uh, get in the car? Sammy's like, ah, man, I don't know. I'm surprised I'm there weren't like seven gearheads around him too, like <laughs> trying to peek under the hood and stuff. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. It's not supposed to get into the cars and stuff. And he's like, he's looking in the window. He's like, there's no speedometer. There's nothing. How can you tell how fast it's going? What's, what's this car's weird? There's no, there's no uh, door door mirrors or anything like that. So obviously, a racing car. But the cars just talk to him like, "Come on, man! You you want to pretend like you want to you want to you want to race? You want to pretend like you're driving? Come on in, it's fine." Oh yeah, and he sees his picture in there too. Yeah, he sees the man of iron picture in the back seat. <laughs> he's like, "Sammy, man, Sammy did not take much convincing." He's like, "Yeah, okay, I guess so." Yeah, he he started off strong at first, and then yeah, yeah it just didn't take much to. You you let me like, drive you? Oh yeah, yeah, man, come on in, get get in here. This this is fine. Come on, I got puppies and candy. Yeah. <laughs> There's three hugs in the back. Right? <laughs> so Sammy gets in there. He's having a great time. He's like, yeah. You know, playing with the steering wheel and stuff. And um, we're going a little, we'll cut, we'll go back to the robot roundup that's right in the middle here. Yeah. We'll but, uh, back to that. yeah, his mom comes out there. And it's like, Sammy, Sammy. And like, um, the door's locked. He can't get our the door closes. The door's all locked. He's like, I can't get out, mom. And uh, his mom's freaking out. So this Jazz, turns into Christine. Yeah, Jazz leaves. <laughs> He's locked Sammy in the car. He and burns leaves. out and takes off with the kid. Your kid just got abducted by an Autobot. Oh, yeah. Dude, what is going on in the UK writer's room? Oh, uh, yeah, they, I mean, now you know why the editors, you know, yeah, don't get in cars, kept, kept posting warning. And then at the bottom, it says, remember, all caps, never accept lifts from strangers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like all caps at the bottom, like, remember. don't be a sucker like Sammy. <laughs> Sammy's kind of special. Uh, yeah. Sammy got into an Autobot. <laughs> don't get into cars with strangers, especially if there's no one driving, I guess. Right. But uh, yeah, it, Man, it was it was the weirdest thing. I was reading going like, Jazz just abducted a kid. Yeah, right it's, in front of his mom, who, by the way, doesn't get the courtesy of even having a first name in this story. By the way, she she's just so, yeah, Mrs. Harker. Har- yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, the Autobots have um, tried to abduct him in the middle of the night, like a gray, um, and then like stalked him for days on end here, and now have abducted him. Hey, can you help me move this couch? <laughs> <laughs> who, 
What size are you? <laughs> they went from signs to Silence of the Lambs like in <laughs> 12 hours. <laughs> Was a really young British boy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh Sammy's um Sammy's gone now. He's yeah. uh, he, he's, he's on just, the road. Yep. They're um <laughs> That's pretty much what this issue was. Their attempts to abduct Sammy. And that yeah, and that's where it left. I mean, yeah, it starts off with Mirage tapping on his window and it ends with Jazz is taking off down the road. <laughs> yeah, Mirage's like, hey, Sammy, can you let me in? Uh and then like Sam's like, no, I don't want to go with you. But all it took is a little like, hey, you want to get the driver's seat and play? Yeah. And that kid is that kid's not making it past like the eighth grade. He he's done. <laughs> He that's Darwinian, Dar Darwinian there, just like let's get him out of the gene pool. Yeah, and I mean he was like petrified. He was like traumatized just the day before, yep. just seeing Jazz, you know, robot form. And then next day it's like ah, never mind. It's <laughs> this really cool race car in front of my house. Yeah, it's now you're legit. Car out. <laughs> it's all these got, buttons and lights. He got catfished. He did. <laughs> he totally got catfished. <laughs> Holy crap. Poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is a really messed up uh issue. It's I mean you know the the, the title for this episode is going to have to be don't get in cars with strange autobots. You know, and Jazz even pulls the same line that like Sam pulled on Michaela in the 2007 movie like and you know don't you wish you'd, you know, do you want to live the rest of your life wishing you'd gotten the car or whatever that line was? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's basically what Jazz told this, this kid, this little kid. <laughs> but it was so much worse. Oh, because yeah. This is the 80s, man. Let's say that we, when we grew up, um, you were a little bit older, older than I am, but when we were growing up, that's when we started hearing all the news about all these uh, kids being abducted from stores and camp you know, vans with candy and stuff. And it, we, that was like the whole thing. Like we'd hear like, be careful. We'll get into cars with our getting into cars with strangers and all that kind of stuff. It was really big. Oh yeah. A kid up the street from me uh, around this time got abducted. They got him back, but God, yeah, that was crazy. So it's in a freaking comic about like the heroic Autobots who abduct children. So yeah. Take that for what you will. And it's not just like he went off and had fun. It was like Jazz literally locked the door and took off when his mom showed up. Dude, that kid's going to have a panic attack whenever he sees her, uh, like a Porsche on the road. Oh, yeah. And um, no, no German automobiles for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So that was that issue. That was yeah, it. That's where it left us. It left us hanging with like Jazz Induction. abducting a little kid. Who wasn't in danger. It's not like he was saving him from danger or anything. No. It's like, hey. Oh, God, no. Yeah. There's probably a hundred different ways he probably could have handled this. And, and granted, they're still new to Earth at this point. Because like I said, this takes place like sometime within like the, the Spider-Man issue. Yes. So, so but still. I mean, <laughs> you would think they could like tap into a news feed. And see, like Something. a like a after school special, like you know, abducting kids. Maybe they misinterpreted it. Right. They really okay. needed the internet back then, so they can just download it all at once. Oh my god! Like uh, like <laughs> what all of us said in two thousand seven. Yeah, we have we have uh, what's that? We have from your World Wide Web. World Wide Web. 
Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking like they, they, they went through all the something awful. Um, you right. Know. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Jazz obviously went to Reddit first. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how you do it. You abduct kids this way. Sweet. Yeah. Jazz found the dark web. <laughs> the the Silk like, Road. <laughs> Roger's probably like, you know, if I if I screw really bad, me will send me back to Cybertron. Let me go yeah, duck this right. kid. <laughs> the um, but we go back to the robot roundup. It's talking about the history of Robbie the robot. Which oh uh, yeah, he's our featured robot. Which is really cool. Um, I mean, he was always built in 1954, right? MGM Studios. Yeah. So. That was a lot of people's first encounters with, like, you know, movie robot stuff. Oh, yeah. He's the first robot I ever saw on TV. Yeah. I even had a little toy, like one of the little tin windups as a kid. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I had things like that when I was, uh, you know, growing up. Not that one exactly. But really, Robbie the Robot is uh, really what kind of um, gave a form to um, movie robots for a while. Oh, Yeah. And I mean, he was like in everything. I mean, he was on Mork and Mindy. Yep. I mean, anything that needed a robot. I know he showed up on Lost in Space a couple times. You yep. know, surprised he didn't show up on Star Trek. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that was that was uh, Nomad who did Nomad, that, right? Yeah. It, it would have been better if it was Robbie. <laughs> it would have been great. Cool. Yeah. Bring all these things together. So he was originally played by uh, a character actor. Really? And uh, Forbidden Planet, when he showed up, he, yeah. he was uncredited. His name was Frankie Darrow, who'd performed since the silent era. Wow. Yeah. That's and he guest starred in stuff like, uh, I mean, he did a little bit of everything. But he was in like the Adam West Batman, the 66 Batman. And he also showed up on the Adams Family. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of the, it's, it's 54, you know, so. A lot of these, uh, a lot of the actors who had been in Hollywood a while had trouble adapting to um, what they call them talkies. That was kind of mm-hmm. one. Of the, that was one of the main main themes of uh, the movie Sunset Boulevard. You know, a lot of these actors just couldn't do it anymore because either their voices weren't great, or mm-hmm. they didn't know how to you know use their voice to help them with the acting. So yeah, and it was it Robbie in that? No. Oh, okay, I thought he was in Sunset Boulevard. No, 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 no. Bob. Just uh. Just craziness and killing. I don't. I don't think he's in that at all. I'm trying to remember. I haven't watched it in a little while. It's Maybe it was another one that sounded like that. A name like that. Yeah, yeah. Sunset Boulevard is all about the guy who, uh, found, you know, met a um, met a an old film star on Sunset Boulevard. He's trying to escape some guys trying to repossess his car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he he got caught up in this whole weird web of uh, dark, you know, I don't know this obsession thing. Everybody, then the main actress was a. Uh, Okay, this is a big tangent. The main actress was a, a, a former silent film star who kind of fell out of favor because they weren't doing silent movies anymore. Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond. It's that's so, a great movie. But anyway, speaking of you know talkies and all that, uh, Robbie's voice was provided by a voice actor named Marvin Miller, huh? Who was known for he provided, I guess, the first voice for Aquaman. Really, from the 1967 Aquaman cartoon. That's great. And he also did the voice of the Super Scroll in the 67 Fantastic Four cartoon. So I, I don't know if I've ever seen those actually. Oh yeah, I used to watch those in reruns when they were, I was little. Like I, this I before used to Super Friends, but Super Friends was what I would watch the most. Yeah. Yes, yeah, before that, but he also did uh, narration for Police Squad, which really 
which starred, you know, his Forbidden Planet co-star, Leslie Nielsen. I love Police Squad. I, yeah. That's one of those ones I can't ever find to, to, to stream. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, yeah. It's really good. And then uh, he also guest starred on Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Nice. Yeah. But he did a, a ton of voice work in like the, I mean, I want to say from the 50s on. And he was still providing like Robbie's voice when he was in Gremlins. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. You know, um, I made I guess a career he, of it. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was essentially the Frank Welker of those days. Oh yeah, yeah, or 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 uh, for, uh, Peter Cullen. And you know, uh, he he did a lot of uh, narrator and announcing. Yeah, stuff. He had that that voice, like what was it the De La Fontaine, the, the really famous like in a world. Yeah, he yeah, a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> Which is why he worked really well in Police Squad. Right. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Oh, as another aside real quick, um, you had uh, shared a, uh, a link on the uh, excellent underground uh, Facebook page and also the, the discord uh, of um, Peter Cullen accepting the, uh, the lifetime achievement award for the uh, children's programming um, Emmys or the Emmy for uh, children's programming. And uh, it was really cool to see um, uh, Frank Welker who won it in 2016 uh, talk about P- there, his relationship with Peter Cullen and how mm-hmm. it was cool seeing him. He first saw Peter Cullen on the the um, the, um Sonny and Cher show doing the uh, the 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 ball thing. Yeah, he first heard that voice and he, it, was, it was what inspired him to be, be, want to be a voice actor. So it was kind of cool seeing that. If yeah, you guys get a chance, definitely check that out. That's pretty recent. Um, Peter Cullen accepting the Lifetime Achievement Award. Really, really heartfelt. Really cool. He loves the fact that the fans have kept him like fans have kept him in a you know career and he's proud of mm-hmm. for forty years. So that's really cool. Anyways, oh yeah. Well, I made the clip for that. BZ is the one that shared it. But yeah. I oh, okay. The, okay. I made the clip right. for him. <laughs> you and him. You and him. Like, will you know share stuff back and forth? So I. I yeah, you're. Right. Oh yeah, we bounce it back and forth. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because he came to me. He found a clip someone shared, but it had a bunch of like Discord notifications popping up all over it. So he asked oh, if really? I could get a good copy of it. Yeah, so I got him a clean copy of it. That's I'm, I'm good yeah. with the video. Thank goodness for that. I'm not. <laughs> 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 so here we go. We are back in X51 land, which is a oh, kill boy. me or cure me machine man. Which, you know, is how anyone feels when they're reading Machine Man. <laughs> Mostly the uh the the former. The former, not so much yeah. the latter. No. Um if guest star in the Fantastic Four who do not appear in this issue yet. Okay, so we're gonna, uh, I'm gonna like spoilers here. Um I because of this Chris Steve, I wasn't actually able to read it. I kind of thumbed through it and I, I saw that. I'm wondering where they are. So well, it's because these were full issues. Yeah, they were chopped up. So yeah, expect them, I guess, in the next issue or maybe the one after that. There, there was one of those. Uh, if you one of those comic covers or had like the the heads on the end, the top, you know, who's going to be in that issue? Oh yeah, I'd be pissed if I got the issue. Like, where are they? Where's Fantastic Four? <laughs> well, and, you know, they always say you know it's a battle to the death, and then no one dies. Yeah, on the cover. Yeah, it's like stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. it's because this is these issues are chopped up from the American version. So, yeah, we'll we'll get to them. But the interesting thing is, we have a new writer on this issue. Really, it's Who's Tom that? DeFalco. Really, 
yeah, before he, you know, replaced Jim Shooter as editor in chief. So yeah. Really, I, I gotta say, man, the um the um the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in these in these books. They're all yeah. working on the same kind of stuff. It's kind of neat to see that. And I wanna think, I mean, I have haven't read ahead on them, but I wanna say Tom DeFalco does most of the writing from here into like volume two. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's good to stay stay with us uh, a um, a writer, the same writer, so they can build mm-hmm. the story and kind of you know flesh it out if they so want to. And I think he he starts getting. I mean, it still starts out a little rough, but mm-hmm. DeFalco's run, I think, actually is where it starts to get a little better. That's good. Um, I mean, like yeah. you know, we had like uh, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you're on the bottom floor. Uh, so I don't know if you ever read any Brian Michael Bendis stuff. Um, I. This is one of the things where I always wanted to read Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. I never didn't get into it early enough. So I had no idea what was going on. Of course, there's the I tried to get into the clone saga. That was a big, the big problem. So when they came out with the ultimate Spider-Man, the second books, clone saga. God, yeah. Sorry. Second. <laughs> um, so when they came out with the ultimate Spider-Man, like the ultimate books, you know, like they came out, Marvel had the ultimate line that came out. Yeah, Brian, that was Brian Michael Bendis's baby. And it was nice because it was building a Spider-Man story from the ground up. Yeah, he got to start from scratch on it. Instead of trying to take like what twenty years of uh, of comics at that point. Oh, yeah. 30. So say that came out. I want to say that came out late, early two thousand, so at least thirty years. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, he got to like 40. say, okay, that, that's all. Well, yeah. At that point, that's fine. I'm going to make my own story and still have some of the same characters, but we're going to have them in different ways. So I kind of like that. And like with this, he, you said he's like, he's working for the ground floor up. He doesn't have to know a lot of stuff going on, which is, you know, which is great. He can kind of build his story the way he wants mm-hmm. to. He's well, and there's not a lot to machine man at this point. Yeah. So this it is really true. isn't. <laughs> this is true. So, um, but the thing is, you know, you, you really don't have a cohesive uh, long run story. With this, he has a chance to do that for uh, for a while. So that probably was what makes the, the uh, issue better. Right. Well, I think even today, there's still not a whole lot to Machine Man. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, the fake Machine Man that uh, you, you sent me some uh, some shots from the uh, the comic. Mm-hmm. I liked him. Oh, yeah. He's funny. He was a jerk, man. He was terrible. <laughs> I, I, I want a team with him, Plastic Man, and, and uh, like uh, Guy Gardner on a... Uh, on a, on a uh, Guy Garner, yeah, Guy Garner, all on a team together doing stuff. I want those three. Oh yeah, one's one's Marvel and the other two DC. All the jerks. We need like an amalgam crossover again with those guys. Like, if if you want to have Wolverine there, he can be the nicest guy of them. It's Wolverine <laughs> or Deadpool. I don't know. I'm saying Deadpool would probably fit in better with them. Yeah, man, they're the worst people, and they're fantastic. You're building like a, I guess a cross universe Suicide Squad is what you're building <laughs> there. <laughs> I, I gotta say, man, like, so, you know, I grew up watching Super Friends a lot. You know, I, I never really I read a lot of comics when I was younger. So I didn't know much about Plastic Man. Um, and you, I think you or someone, someone shared a uh, panel. I think it was you shared a panel in the, uh, in our Discord of him as a, uh, a as a dress for, um, God, who was it? Was it, was it Wonder Woman? No, it wasn't Wonder Woman. I uh, was it? Was it Marta? Is that her name? Marta, Barta, something like that. I don't know. It has a very similar similar look to her though. But uh, man, I like looked at the dress. Like, no, he's not. Yeah, 
that's what I love about Plastic Man. Plastic Man and the Super Friends was just very goofy and you know nice and stuff. He is a oh big Barda. That's who it is. Big Barda. Yeah. yeah. He is a jerk. He is a perv. I love it. It makes Plastic Man so much more interesting. Oh yeah. I, I really you know there's there's some of these stories that when you read the the comics when the you know people are having fun with them, mm-hmm. they're so much better for character. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. you got to have fun with them. Yeah. I mean, even like they, yeah, they just tried to do that with uh, Moon Knight, but they just couldn't go on the full, you know, craziness that uh, Moon Knight actually is. They tried, but there's just too much to put in a in a show. Oh yeah, on the show, yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep I, hoping I, we get a, a second season of that because that was actually pretty good for what it, it was. was. Unfortunately, I think he said he didn't want to be Moon Knight anymore, so that may yeah. be a problem there. That just means he wants more money. Yeah, that's a very like that, that's usually what that means. Yeah. <laughs> He was uh, he was fantastic because uh, especially at the end of that oh yeah Oscar Isaac was fun yeah so uh yeah we what is going on in this issue since I, I okay I it starts off everyone is irritated with Machine Man like Peter his roommate is irritated because they're trying to get ready in the morning and he's doing all these self diagnostics on himself. Yep. And he's like, you know, we got to get going. And so he finally finishes and puts his rubber face on and asks if they can share a cab downtown. So he's getting irritated with them. And then he gets to work and his coworkers, Eddie and Maggie, who are always, you know, the ne'er-do-well employees anyway, are complaining about how, they, how much they hate how promptly and efficiently he does his job. <laughs> and you know why they're complaining about that? Because it makes it look bad. Because nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in the eighties. Not even in the eighties. Thanks, you Reagan. Know, right. So <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. But yeah, so they're they're just complaining. I mean, just randomly, like, oh, he starts right at nine when it, you know the clock starts ticking, and then he never, you know, misses his paperwork. Like it's never late, and it's like, well, that's what you're being paid to do. I mean. He's not spending every hour a 15 minute break pooping. Right. I mean, and he, come on. he's, it's not like he's overworking, like, oh, he's doing like triple the work we are and making this look bad. It's like, no, he's just doing, he's still doing the bare minimum what he's supposed to do. And it still makes him look bad. But yeah, because they're doing like below the bare minimum. They need right. There, there's no self reflection with these guys. Can't so fire them. Oh, they yeah. To, they got the unions. No, um, so we, we jump to the alternative resource center, which is green energy. It's a green energy nice. complex. Okay. And Dr. Voletta Todd is a scientist working on fusion as a green energy source, or as they call it, clean energy. That's really kind of cool because they um we know a little while back they had they finally had been able to develop a net positive fusion. Yeah, they came out December eighteenth. There was a press conference where they've been actually able to repeat it in labs. Where they oh, that's were, good. Yeah, they they were so actually they've been able to repeat it several times in labs. So they said we now can do um, clean fusion energy as a net positive because before we had to spend too much energy, we didn't get as much out of it. Now, right, it was using up more than it was producing. Yeah, now they're getting to the point where they're producing more than it's using. So that's actually kind of cool. So sorry, a little aside there that just came out. Oh no, that's good. And yeah. yeah, it does. It totally real world factors. Yeah, real world factors creeping <laughs> into the issues. So 
Yeah, she's working and it just seems like she's not getting anywhere. It's a failure, she thinks. And then she gets careless and is caught in a maelstrom of electromagnetic energy. <laughs> so it's... Every time. Right. You know, she should have taken a power nap or something. I don't know. Her that was the last guy from the last uh, mini series of uh, the man who could walk through walls. He oh yeah, Barry. Barry and Barry Barry. Barry Barry Barry. Um, and, and then also, man, it's like Doctor Manhattan. Come on, right? Just didn't have a guy accidentally in a chamber trying to get his watch back. We would have been fine, and we right. would have lost the Vietnam War, and Nixon wouldn't be president still. And... Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. And this is like pre-Manhattan still. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-Watchmen. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, you see that trope yeah. show up you know, over and over again. So it turns out that Alternative Energy or Alternative Resource Center is a client of Delmar Insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the insurance company that X-51 yep. works for. Yep. And his boss knows that Aaron Stack is Machine Man, so he calls him into the office, and you know, I guess it's nice they let the boss know that they're hiring a robot, even though nobody else seems to know. <laughs> How can you do so, your job so well? Quit being a robot, right? I mean, does this mean he doesn't pay him? <laughs> you don't have a social security number, Stack, so you know we're just gonna pay you in coffee. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can sleep in the basement. You don't need any, any luxuries. Right. Well, and he stays at Peter's apartment, so he doesn't need to pay rent. You know, he doesn't have to buy food. So, well, I mean, he did uh, look out for Peter when he's in prison. So there's that. Yeah. It's just, it's not like he really needs to work like that because, no. you know, but I guess, you know, only a robot would really love a soulless job like being an insurance inspector. Oh. So, <laughs> oh. Funny story about an insurance. I have a friend who actually is an insurance inspector. And one night, get? yeah, one night she was at a, a bar. She's just hanging out, and this guy came over, and you know he's hitting on her. And yeah, he so you can I buy you a drink? She's like, oh no. He goes, no, I got it. I got money because I'm pulling, you know, the, the scheme, you know, with my insurance company. I'm gonna get all this money. Blah blah blah. Basically, he was he was being fraudulent with the insurance company. <laughs> Nice. And he's bragging about it. And she's like, oh, really? Yeah. And they're talking all that. And, you know, she doesn't say a word. And then two days later, she goes to work and he comes in. <laughs> <laughs> it's her insurance company she's working for. And she calls her boss on the side before he sees her and goes, she basically, she has to recuse her. So she's like, I just hung out and drank with this guy on Saturday night. You know, I'm going to have to recuse. And he goes, no, no, no. Come in here with me. Don't say a word. And <laughs> when the guy was sitting at the table to negotiate with them about the settlement or whatever, they just walked in with her and sat at the table, and the dude just went ghost white and just, like, dropped his claim and everything. She didn't have to say a word. You got to know when to shut up, man. Yeah. So, yeah, literally, you know, he, he was, you know, bragging about being fraudulent to the insurance investigator that was going to... She had no idea who he was or that that was going to be a case. That was just a case that came to her that Monday. You got so to be funny, more careful. Right. And that's still more exciting than this. And there's like nuclear <laughs> energy maelstroms going on. <laughs> he, he was like, I'm going to get some tonight. I got insurance money coming in. She's like, yeah, you do? Cool. Yeah. So anyway, oh. so 
he knows who X-51 really is, so he sends him in to check out the damage there and to help out if they need it. So okay. he shows up and, you know, finds a place to hide after he talks to the firefighters about how bad it is and changes into Machine Man and then goes in and saves, like, uh, Dr. Todd's technicians, and all they do is berate and insult him for being a freak <laughs> as he's saving their lives. They're pinned under, like, a, a beam. And he Dude. he pops his leg off to prop it up and saves their lives, and they just insult him the whole time. <laughs> Dude, I don't care if you got three heads. If you're saving my life, you you're the most handsome person I've ever seen in my life. It's like the the robot prejudice is like thick in Machine <laughs> Man's world. Well, man, he was just um he was just you know um was it locked up for uh, theft? Oh yeah. Week? The people, you know, the people haven't got all the news yet. They don't know who he's uh, innocent. They just know he's out there doing stuff. And, you know, at, at this point, though, I mean, it's like everybody that just sees him automatically starts calling him names. And you're like, I wonder if he's not an unreliable narrator. Like, maybe a lot of this is in <laughs> Machine Man's hard drive. <laughs> I wonder if he's Machine Man's being legit with his storytelling. Well, all the other X-Series robots went nuts. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, there's not precedent for... What something if, weird going on. Yeah, man. What if uh, this is actually not what's going on, and uh, in Machine Man is uh, just he's just terrible and he's murderous, but he's t- retelling the story as is he this noble savior of mankind? Well, and look, look at like with Chat GPT and stuff. How often they call it hallucinations, where it just makes up facts. Those are my favorite things. Yeah, and just act like you know it'll give you completely wrong information and act like it's completely factual and true, and it just made it up. I mean, well, most of the time, I think. Um, they're, yeah. Talk about uh, Grok, the new uh, AI for uh, X. You know, oh for yeah. Yeah, uh, that uh, called Elon Musk to his to his on back to him, uh, a pedophile. Oh good. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Grok's gonna meet a. He's gonna meet the end of like the the X one through fifty series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna redo Grok real quick. Anyway, yeah. sorry, that was a real, real world. Another factor. real world factor, yeah, yeah. So he saves these technicians, and then he detects that there's something going on on the third floor down or whatever third floor up. Anyway, third floor. So, <laughs> and he finds that Doctor Todd has been transformed into a being of pure hydrogen gas held together by a magnetic field. Okay, dude, I gotta say real quick, this is the time in science fiction that. These things happened. Oh yeah, weird, whacked out things. They, these are like um, Twilight Zone episodes, but you know, comic books. Comic books just did weird things like this issue. You know, mild mannered uh, bank teller becomes uh, pure energy. So, oh yeah, and I mean, it goes back to like the Hulk. You know, gets oh, yeah. caught in a nuclear blast. Radioactive spiders biting you. Cosmic rays. I mean, all that stuff. It, if anything nuclear is involved, then somebody's turning into something else. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cosmic rays like the fantastic, fantastic four that's four. not in this issue. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Sir, not appearing in this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she begs instantly. As soon as she sees him, she begs him to kill her. Okay. And he tries to talk her out of it. It's like, hey, we might be able to reverse your condition. Okay, and then for some reason, she starts to insult and attack him. Like, she just says, okay, well, I've got to kill him now. It's like, all he did was talk you out of killing yourself. 
Well, apparently or, that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, he, he wouldn't assist her in suicide, so now she's got to kill him. And then her strategy changes once again. Like, she knocks him through the floor, and the strategy changes, well, I've got to get out of here so I can think. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, pick a lane, Dr. Todd. I need time to think. I got I got to have a little quiet space. And Dr. Todd's name is now referred to, which I guess it's speaking ahead, that the press is going to call her Ion. Well, every villain, even one issue, needs a really cool name. What were the name of the um, energy beings that uh, he created by accident like a few issues back? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot what they're called now. They had a really boring name. They did, actually. <laughs> they all, and they looked like they, a space version of children, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Village of the Damned Children. The Village of the Damned, yeah. Oh, totally. They needed the, the light up eyes and all that. So. Oh, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I tried to talk to my wife about Village of the Damned, and she just didn't get it. I said, um, yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know how to describe Village of the Damned without using really bad verbs like it's a bunch of blonde like perfect children like this sounds very Aryan. okay um they're 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 psychic and they could take over sounds like children of the corn okay it's just it's a weird movie man she just needs to watch it yeah it's it's hard it's it's almost like the uh you're the uh the 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 paranormal thing of like black-eyed children Mm -hmm. kind of the same same concept oh yeah and i the remake was great with christopher reeve Chris Reeve and uh, Mark Hamill was Mark Hamill, yeah, Kirstie <laughs> Alley. It was all that, yep. was, that was a great remake. It was, and uh, I've tried to watch the originals, and uh, my mom was a huge fan of those when I was yeah, when I was younger, and I just couldn't get into the originals. They're they're slower paced, like a lot of the older black and white movies and stuff. Yeah, but um, you know, then again, I should go back and watch it because I used to not like Night of the Living Dead, and I went back and watched it years later, and I loved it. The original, oh yeah. It, it, well, as you change, then the way you yeah. receive them changes. Yeah, that, that's probably a good point there. Yeah. But so Machine Man takes off and he is badly malfunctioning. And that's where we're left. Is Dr. Todd is on the loose and Machine Man is like, he's falling apart. He's got two of his limbs aren't even working. And the other ones are like dino mudding all over the place. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, maybe he needs to see a, um, a, uh, the most uh, the most intelligent scientist on the planet who happens to not be in this issue right so there's that yeah he, he's definitely gonna need a mechanic after this yeah but we go back to a robot roundup oh yeah and, and they've got of, good robots on yeah this part <laughs> yeah like um the, the the george robot okay when i first looked at the uh the george robot is that was his, his name is or, yeah george yeah, george sorry i looked at the picture he reminded me of a very scaled down version of the uh, robots from uh, Black Hole. Yeah, and they mentioned that in there. Yeah, the, well, yeah. that's what's what you know. I first did that, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I I love that movie. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite weird early um, Disney, like not early Disney, but later live action Disney movies. It was very dark. Very yeah. It's right before Tron. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it's actually one of those great movies. That's very. Um, very dark. Very love. Uh, the loss of hope is big in that movie. Oh yeah, but yeah, George definitely looks like Bob and Vincent. Yeah, and that. Um. So yeah, it was kind of cool. It was, it was nicely, you know, bridge into the uh into the you know the ro- robot roundup. Yeah, oh, I yeah. was I was like Star and Maximilian better. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bob and cool. Vincent were cute. Maximilian yeah, but... was just like um was just evil and big and mean and strong 
Yeah. And had like spinning blades. Yeah, they were. Star was the black one. Maximilian was like the big red one. Was Star the one that had the uh, the the gunslinger thing? I think so. I need to watch it again. Yeah, where he I, they, they he had the two guns. He's like do 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 do. I think I've been planning on showing the the kids that one soon. So it's a good one to watch. Um, if yeah. you uh, have Disney uh, Disney Plus, I know it's on there. Yeah. But um, so yeah, actually the that those those are actually really cool. Like the end of that was just bizarre and crazy, and I think it, it lives in the same universe as Event Horizon. Oh yeah, and it, you can tell they they kind of took inspiration, I guess, from two thousand one. They did, um, but it was like it was really, I don't know, it was almost like less hopeful than two thousand one. Oh yeah, I just meant like the, the that seventies like space robot tech. Oh yeah, oh where, yeah, God, especially the bridge. You find out the secret of the bridge crew. Yeah. Ooh, uh, spoiler: I'm not going to go into that one for anyone <laughs> who hasn't seen it. Go watch the black hole. Hey, seriously though, the ship. The way the ship looks is what it reminds me of how the uh, the Event Horizon looks in that the movie the Event Horizon is very yeah. good looking. Whoops. And I mean that's or another series decided to start trying to talk to me. Oh. There we go. You know, an Event Horizon, of course, you know, is a black hole reference in itself. Yeah, it is actually. And um Yeah. Those two really d- deserve to be in the same universe. That's right. You know, Event Horizon is like the black hole met Hellraiser. Yeah, kind of is. Though yeah. also it's uh event horizon is also like the, the black hole meets the warp from Warhammer 40 K the chaos dimension and stuff. Yeah. It's all, or the dead universe from transformers. Also that. Yeah. God. Yeah. This is, this is a great movie universe in the making right here. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, the ship in, um, in the black hole is very cathedral looking like dark cathedral. Same yeah. way event horizon is. Yeah. Gothic cathedral stuff. Anyways, Great movie. Y'all should go watch it if you haven't seen it already. Um, so take a listen on the other oddball, yeah, like uh, oddball uh, robots from different movies. They so have uh, was that Klaatu? Oh, the- Gort. Gort, thank you. From the yeah. that's right, that's the words he said. Uh, Gort from the uh, day of the earth stood still. Well, Klaatu was the, the alien, yes, yeah. It's been years, years since I've seen the movie, and my first reference to that is Army of Darkness. I was gonna say, you remember the N word, yep. Nickel, <laughs> definitely, yeah, necktie. It's definitely an inward. <laughs> definitely inward. <laughs> I basically said your words. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. That nice little picture in the in the bottom of the robot roundup of old, old Bob. Oh yeah. Now the guy that played Gort, yeah. they give his name and it is Lock Martin. I was just reading about him the other day, like completely unrelated to this. Really? Yeah, and I think he's like seven two. And he was the door guy. He was a doorman at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Really? They just yeah. Do this they went scouting for somebody that was tall because, and then they gave him like platforms to push him up to eight feet. God. But they had to make him two separate costumes because they had one for all the shots from the front when he would walk uh-huh. that zippered up the back. <laughs> and then they had another one, or it stitched, or however they did it. And then for the rear shots behind him it all tied up in the front. Okay. So they did the front shots and back shots and he was just absolutely miserable in the, sure the outfit. It and then like he breathed real well either. Yeah. And the still shots of Gort were a big fiberglass model mm. of the robot, which that was most of the movie he was at, but when he would move, they had lock Martin and yeah, it was, it was bad. It was hot. I wonder why, 
I'm, I'm kind of surprised he didn't do more things besides that. He like, he did a few things. Okay. But uh, I mean, that's yeah, that says like in for a lurch role there, right? You you would think, but yeah, none that yeah. really jumped out at me. No, nah, but I mean, he knows. Yeah, and yeah, then he goes into Jim Whiting's robotic sculptures. Yeah, I saw that. That was kind of cool. And if anybody that watched MTV in the early '80s saw his work, because it it mentions Herbie Hancock, but it doesn't name it. But it's the Rocket video. Hmm, where it's like a living room with all these like spastic robots walking around like they're jerking and just oh, really yeah, like yeah. freaking out and that's that's his his sculptures yeah that's his sculptures that was a cool video yeah it's actually really disturbing as as a kid watching that because oh, yeah, I, I just showed it to my kids the other day nice yeah because they like animatronics and stuff like that I go oh you want to see some old school animatronics look at this yeah. Always reminds me of uh, we when I've gone to Disney for several times over my life. One of the last times I went though, uh, we were in the um, it's a small world, right? Because it's one of those things like you just have to do it. It's it's so weird and so it's like a fever dream in there. Like I would love to be able to take a very quick acid trip and go through that ride because it's so weird. But uh, there's this, there's a scene where these little there's a little hula dancers like they're like probably like I don't know nine inches tall, but you know they're kind of off on the side and. Every so often on these rides, like there's an animatronic that just malfunctions, and this thing was going crazy. It's like, oh, it's like it was like having a seizure, and I couldn't see anything else but this little hula girl having a seizure. It was <laughs> That's the, the best, best thing to see. It was the <laughs> it was the best thing to see. It was the most distracting. I wish back then when I went, I had a, a you know, good camera phone so I could have taken a video of that because oh my god, it was fantastic. Well, in the last robot roundup, they talked about you know Epcot and all that, yeah. and yeah, it talks about Lincoln. Like destroyed his chair and like completely freaked <laughs> out and was like a yeah. danger to the technicians. <laughs> I free the slaves. Right, give me a better chair. It's like that evil Lincoln from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. You know, <laughs> Abraham Linkler. Oh, Abradolf Linkler. Oh yeah, from, <laughs> from Rick and Morty. <laughs> I keep expecting him to show back up on that show. They've, all the all the different uh, callbacks they've had, they they should have them show back up. Yeah, Abradolf Linkler. So yeah, uh, those were Jim Whiting's robot sculptures in okay. Rocket. So. Nice. I gotta go back and watch that now. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying we have Matt and the Cat. Okay, Matt and the Cat Finally. actually for once has some story moving along here. It's because it's got more than three panels for a change. Yeah, it's it's, it's going like six panels. Yeah, yeah, they're giving him more uh, page space. <laughs> yeah, the um, like the robot head that he like he was dealing with, he, like calls him like a flea carrier vermin. Yeah, thing. distasteful flea carrier. Yeah, so he's like, all right, fine, <laughs> I'm leaving. And he's and he um he tries to take off, and the robot kind of grabs him and stuff. It's like that. It's like that. Um, it was a um little head with arms coming out of it yeah there was a, a robot in star wars kind of reminded you saw it like the jawas had it and it was just like a dome with the little robot arms sticking out yeah of the top. yeah yeah that's yeah what that's now. what it kind of reminds me of i always love that uh that, that uh the sand crawler where you look in the sand crawlers all these dilapidated robots and you almost wonder if they just went through like um prop houses and found just weird robot stuff over the years and oh you them. know they did oh yeah Really yeah, because cool one of them looks like an Oni mask in there. It does. Like, yeah. Demon thing. Yeah. Yeah. I always love that one. That guy was one of my favorite things in there. But uh, we finally see Matt. 
yeah, he's back. We haven't seen him in like several months now. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And the aliens are like, yeah, we have your feline. Yeah. And yeah, they're, like, they're like gloating to him about it. Like, dude, he's like, I just wanted my cat to go out while I got some sleep and this happened. We're on the alien ship together. What's what what's going on here? Like literally, that that's all this 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 thing has been. Is he put his cat outside? The cat got abducted. He got abducted, and this has been going on this entire. Now, granted, time. he threw the cat out the window. Well, yeah, he, he put it out. Yeah, but yeah, he blames all this on the pet shop. Like the pet shop didn't warn him that all this drama would happen from having a cat. <laughs> you know, usually they <laughs> use the disclaimer: the alien abduction may occur. Right, so I understand that definitely. That that should just be a general disclaimer for like anything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was just kind of nice to see a different character besides that robot head and um and the cat. Yeah, it's kind of nice seeing Matt. I'm like, oh, it's 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 almost like seeing a cohesive story in Machine Man, but right, we, we've got plot movement is what it is. Finally, exactly. you know, we're moving along. Yeah, it, the the weirdness of the comic is not any less, but there's something going on. There's more characters, so yeah, that feels good. It's uh, not like a not like a weird um, Heathcliff comic strip. Where he's like, um, he's trying to catch snowflakes with a giant person. Yeah, a man-eating giant. Man-eating giant. Yes, that was. The so one I was wondering, there. was that like a joke about he's a man-eating giant? And he eats snowflakes, like you know the the derogatory term people like to use on the internet now. Hey, you snowflake. No, I think so just Heath, the the guy uh, who does Heathcliff now or or still, I think he's it, just like it's a newer guy. This newer guy. Yeah. yeah, it's a newer guy. Okay, because George I, Gately created Heathcliff and he okay. passed away a few years ago. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So now the guy doing Heathcliff is just um I, I don't know. He's like he's like, was he part of like um some like weird government program where they fed him acid? Yeah, I was gonna say um oh, yeah, man. Just, what was that? Just having these weird I'm trying to think of that program. Was it MK Ultra? Was MK Ultra, it? yeah MK yeah. Ultra. They yeah, they gave the uh <laughs> they gave the soldiers uh acid. Yeah. Watch how they reacted. Does his kid start fires with their yeah. mind now? And <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love that. He gets the nosebleeds when he writes Heathcliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God! The mini giant. Oh, right about this, right? God, it sounds like it, it. The Heathcliff comic strips now read like some weird uh, Reddit no sleep story. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get the slug thing they had a few weeks back. Like everything was about slug, and I'm like, what, dude? That that guy dropped. He dropped some brown Betty. He watched a slug outside his window. Like that's what this story is going to be about. Yeah, slug. I'm just like, I feel like I, they're inside jokes, and I'm on the outside. I think everyone is pretty much on the outside of this, but yeah, we, you know, we can check that in later. But you know, I, I can I, I can always get on board with him knocking trash cans over. You know, oh, eating the best meal on earth, a Fish skeleton. Oh, yeah. Ed's favorite meal to watch him eat. <laughs> I mean, Garfield's a snob with his lasagna, you know. Yeah. But... You know, well, Garfield's a snob, yes. But, uh, man, I okay, this is, we have like a, a like a postmodern um, comic strip thing going on now where I guess the characters are more aware or they're kind of meta or whatever. Like, Yeah, they get meta now. Doing weird things. Um, Garfield minus Garfield is a fantastic thing to read. That is oh yeah, and Jim Davis loves it. Oh yeah, because it makes John, John Arbuckle. Yeah, John oh, Arbuckle. It looks yeah, insane. John Ar- yeah, I, if you any of y'all ever get a chance, just just Google Garfield minus Garfield and just read the strips. 
some of them are just kind of eh, they're okay, but some of them are fantastic. Oh yeah, well, and I've, I've seen Jim Davis actually share it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. Where I, one of the first. Which, you know, he can shut it all down if he didn't like it. Oh yeah, and he like he's a very good sport with it and, and laughs at it like, wow, yeah, John looks really nuts. I I love when uh whenever a um a creator you know, like it just goes all in on some sort of um some sort of thing that's kind of kind of I don't know like being a farce of their of their they property. can handle handle the satire. Yeah, you know, Weird yeah, Al parody. You know, like Weird Al would never do anything if you didn't get permission. Most right. people gave permission like, yeah, man, just have fun with it. Let's do what you got. Like so, Nirvana said, yo, we really made it if Weird Al wants to do our song. Yeah. And uh um, yeah. Jim Davis is just loving this. So like like more power to him. It makes me appreciate Jim Davis that much more. Right. But uh yeah, so we are going to um we'll kind of cut it here because uh you know I got stuff to do here Christmas Eve still. I know oh, you yeah. do too. Well just remember web slingers with too much time on their hands, Spidey watches. <laughs> oh wait oh sorry they're spidey watches sorry I... <laughs> the whole tone of this comic just threw it all off for me there you know <laughs> that's what it says you, you look it at does. it <laughs> the last I'll, I'll put it obviously in the youtube the last panel of this of uh, this comic is spidey watches and then like, <laughs> spider-man watches hey web slingers got time in your hands yeah Spidey watches. watches. <laughs> you have those intrusive thoughts. Spidey watches. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> He's tingling. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he had his uh his his always menagerie. His um, what was his 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 here as a villain? Oh, his rogues gallery. Rogues gallery, yeah, yeah. Rogues gallery because uh, they had a little too much time in their hands too. Right. He watches. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure this, this whole uh, issue is should be infamous. It this, really should. I mean, this is just creepy, dude. Seriously, aren't you glad you're me... getting into new territory here? <laughs> you this had no idea jaw- this was waiting for this you. Jaw dropping. I read yeah. this. And I'm like, I'm reading the reading it. Like, that's how it ends. <laughs> like, went ahead. Maybe be like, after after Machine Man. No, that's just Jazz of Ducks, Sammy. All right. Well, here we are. This is a 1984 comic of a, a child getting abducted by a hero. Yes. Or so we were meant to think a hero. So, well, good on you, Jazz, I guess. You, you know what right. you like. And uh, when you uh, when you use, finish using the lotion, Sammy, put the lotion back in the basket. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll redeem himself in the next issue. We'll see that this was totally justified to just grab somebody's kid. And it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah you just <laughs> just let me, let me explain. Let me explain. There was yeah. a kid in his, in his room, but he wouldn't come out. So then I got him playing play cars, and then I took him free hug. <laughs> this is a guy that thought, hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know help the humans by shooting fire at them yeah he is a level seven wizard and i guess yeah. we're pretty happy he hasn't done anything yet to sammy or will he if he tried to run there's always that flamethrower <laughs> don't run sammy just just let it happen just let it happen <laughs> oh. <laughs> on that note, i'm speechless not <laughs> on that on that note it's, it's dark it's really dark it, it's, it's dark really horrible here. Yeah. It's, it's okay. 
he really don't let those he, watercolors fool you. No, this is the dark issue. <laughs> this is uh this is great because not only the guy who uh, wrote early issues of Hellblazer is uh, drawing this or not writing, drew early issues of Hellblazer. Now we're having really dark, not okay storylines coming out. This is what happens when you hire the crew from 2000 AD to write Transform. <laughs> Seriously, where's Dread? Is Dread going to track just... him down? Right. <laughs> the child is abduction he... has happened in Mega City Three. <laughs> Ah, oh. well, on that note, um, everyone, thanks for joining us, and I uh, hope you have a very happy holiday season. Whatever you celebrate, you know, the solstice, um, the uh, the the uh, the rise of the spaghetti monster, Christmas, or a uh, Hanukkah, or even just you know, hang out with family and friends. That's kind of what's always been about for me. So, um, you know, on that note, everyone have a great, great uh, holiday season, and um, I think we. Well, no, the next issue, next episode will be coming out after the first of the year. So this is the last official yes. episode of 2023. See, we're left with a cliffhanger, <laughs> just like Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, I, it wouldn't even be weird if like we make the next issue, Jazz is holding Sammy off a cliff. Like, you know, they go, you got to come with me. You can't fight me anymore. Because Jazz apparently doesn't understand like boundaries. Oh, I'm wow. having like Hoist goes Hollywood flashbacks. Oh my <laughs> that, god, Moist! I yeah, I don't want to spoil. That. <laughs> I know you got that coming up soon. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. Oh, Moist! Oh yeah. Okay. So I have a quote. Yes, this is have it. And send us off with the quote. This game of cat and mouse isn't much fun for us mouse types. Is that, that from is... uh, Child's Play? No, that's Spider Man and TF. UK number six when he's fighting Ravage. Oh, oh, that's right. He is. I'm, I'm just thinking like yeah. uh, episodes. Oh, I can't wait for Child's Play. It's been great. Oh, yeah. No, I took a comic book quote this time. <laughs> so, well, yeah. why not? I mean, Ed pulls out quotes from like, you know, the Michael Bay movies that I, I watched once. <laughs> so, I mean, why not? Why not? All right, y'all. Have a great evening or day or whatever you're doing. And uh, thanks for being here. And we'll see you later. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy holidays. See you later. Bye. Mises Guys is performed by Evan Johns and Ed Strickland. Research is performed by Evan Johns, Ed Strickland, and with special research done by Boo of the AxelonUnderground.net. All used images in the videos are property of Sunbow, Hasbro, Paramount, or Marvel. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in every week with us. We appreciate it.